Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, Colts fans, to the Blue Stable Podcast. My name is Destin Adams, and here with me is my co-host, who's always here, ready for the grind, Rashad McGinnis. Man, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. I'm just ready to get back to podcasting. Coach football is coming soon, man. We got, what, 96 days or something like that, I believe? It's closer. Every day is closer. One of, the, one of these days – the Blue Stable Trio is going to be back together. It feels like me, you, and Michael haven't been it's on the so podcast in a minute. Life's been busy. I mean, I was moving yes. into a house. I mean, you have a kid. You can't get more busier than yeah. having a kid. Michael's team was in the playoffs. Emphasis on was in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, he is going to be tight at that, man. Once he hears you say that, you know he's going to be upset with you, right? Hey, now we're going to know if he actually listened to the episode when he wasn't here. Right. You're correct. That's a good test. But, yeah – Michael, if you're listening, the, the Mavs, I mean, you should have made the bet with me, man. The, Ma- the Mavs were never – they just don't have the roster to compete in today's NBA right now. Luka's amazing. Like, no one's going to argue with you about Luka. No, I don't think Absolutely. anyone should. Dude's, dude's incredible. But your second-best player in a playoff series cannot be Tim Hardaway. I mean, it can be, but you're not going to win. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you do have the choice. Like, <laughs> you are free to do that if you will, but it's dumb. Yeah, I don't recommend that. But, Michael, we won't uh, harp on your Mavs all day. There, there's, there's some pretty big AFC South news, um, depending on who you are. Not the most positive news for a Colts fan, but Julio Jones is coming to the AFC South. He's going to be playing with the Tennessee Titans. Rashad, what, what was your immediate reaction to the news breaking? Holy – yeah, I can't say that word, but – I was like, man, it was the worst feel. You know, me and you talked about it leading up to it. It was like, man, as long as he don't go to Tennessee, we'll be fine. We was even willing to deal with him going to the Patriots. Just not Tennessee. We don't want to see Julio two times a year. I think his last three games against us, he's had nothing less than 120 yards. So, I mean, we've beat him. So, I don't know, man. I'm not excited about this move. But I, I don't think I was as that's what's the word I want to use for it? Pessimistic about it as most Colts fans have been. But I guess we're gonna get into that. How did you feel when you heard about the news? I mean, like every topic, Colts fans tend to uh 
choose an end of the spectrum. They either want to be overly yeah. optimistic or they want to be overly pessimistic. I mean, scrolling through Twitter, you saw Colts fans saying that Julio Jones is washed. He's injury prone. <laughs> Julio Jones isn't a top 10 receiver, let alone a top five receiver. Craziness. But then you'll see Colts fans acting like Chris Ballard's the biggest idiot in the world because he didn't trade for Julio Jones. Um, Titans fans acting like this is this is the missing piece to a Super Bowl for Julio for this Titans team. See, like the pros and cons for me, and mm-hmm. that's something I want to break down with you a little bit. I mean, as a Colts fan, the pro the biggest pro that really immediately came into my head was this is less carries for Derrick Henry. Um, the Colts are a team that – I'm not going to say shut down Derrick Henry. That's not really the word choice to use. But if you look around the league and just, like, looking at what he was able to do, he still went for over 100 yards, but he did yeah. not look nearly as dominant against the Colts um, in the game where we were fully healthy. The first um, game. Yeah. No, the, the sec- first the game second, or the second game? It was the, the – yeah, the first game we won on yeah, Thursday Night Football. Um I'm not making excuses that the Colts were – that's why the Colts lost to the Titans or anything like that. But, I mean, you you can't say that the Colts were not missing key guys. I mean, Buckner wasn't oh, yeah. there. Autry wasn't oh, there. Yeah. Um, and I know those are two big guys in the middle. And Derrick Henry runs for over 250 yards or whatever it was. Yeah. But that first game, you just saw, like, Derrick Henry did not look the same as he normally did. He still went for over 100 yards again. Yeah. But, I mean, when you have a guy like Julio Jones on one side and a guy like A.J. Brown on the other, can you really justify only throwing the ball 18 to 22 times a game? No. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of money in the receiver room. Absolutely. You got to get the ball to your playmakers. And when you had Corey Davis as your number two wide receiver, it's a lot different from having Julio freaking Jones, you know. And he's going to demand his touches, man. That's that's just who Julio is. He commands that type of attention, and, and he definitely deserves that respect. And what would you say – who would you say is the number two receiver over there, A.J. Brown or Julio? So are you saying who's going to line up? Like who's going to get the cornerback twos? Yeah. Yeah. A.J. Brown is going to get the cornerback twos. There is not not a CB1 that is going to match up against the Titans is not going to ask for Julio Jones as their assignment. So would you move A.J. Brown to the the Z? Or would you you play Julio as the Z and A.J. as the Mm -hmm. X? I mean, the biggest thing is – like. I like Ryan Tannehill more than most Colts fans. Like mm-hmm. there are Colts fans that think he's trash. I think Ryan Tannehill is a very efficient quarterback. Like he does what he's asked. He, I think he optimizes the Titans play style, especially the heavy play action that the Titans mm-hmm. run. Like I think Ryan Tannehill has done so great in that role. But he, if you force Ryan Tannehill to throw outside the numbers and you make him throw those sideline balls, I yeah. mean, there's, someone's probably going to clip this and show me a few throws that Ryan Tannehill has had on the sideline, but he does 80% of his work in the middle of the field. Like yeah. that, that's just who he is. Like that's where he Absolutely. wants to put the ball. That's just where his accuracy is better. Um, and Julio Jones and AJ Brown, like their skill sets, like they're like you want to use the sideline. Like that's just like, I feel yeah. like you're taking away so much from them. I never really understood the fit of Julio Jones with the Titans because of that. I just feel like you're taking away such a big strength of both receivers that way. Mm-hmm. But it's Julio freaking Jones. Right. I mean, like, yeah, there's limitations. But if you're the Titans fan, I don't think there's anything wrong with you being super excited for this. I mean, you get to watch Julio Jones 17 times next year if he's healthy the entire season. 
in comparison to the guy that was going to be the number two receiver going into this year, I think Josh Reynolds, they picked up from the Rams, who's a pretty solid receiver. You know, he's nothing special, nothing to write home about, but he's pretty reliable. He was he spent last season as a third uh, wide receiver three. I would love if he was my receiver three or four. Me too. I would absolutely love it. I would absolutely love it. He, he's a guy that's especially good in short space. You know, he's able to uh, he run routes really well. He cuts really quickly, gets in and out of his breaks. You know, I think he's going to be good. He's probably going to move to the, to the Humphreys role that uh, Adam Humphreys played for them. It's going to be, it's gonna be interesting how they move their guys around. I won't be shocked if we see A.J. Brown in the Y a lot this year or the slot if you're listening. Like, I, I just feel like they're going to have to optimize one of them in the middle of the field on every down. If, every passing down, you're going to have to – I mean, if you want to use your X and Z guys as, as interior guys on the field still, you can, I guess. But it, I just feel like you're, limit, you're limiting your play calling. You're limiting your route trees that you're letting these guys run in those cases. So, yeah. to, me, to me, you have to move one of them to the Y – I wouldn't say primarily, but they're going to have to be in the Y, like 30% of the snaps to me. Yeah, interesting thing. Uh, the Titans ran, ran Max Protect more than any other team in the NFL. And for uh, the people that's listening that don't know what Max Protect is, it's when you only send two receivers on routes and you keep everybody else in the block. They like to run Max Protect on the play-action plays. You know, that way you get the defense going toward Derrick Henry. And it's pretty much – man-on-man on on the outside with a safety in the middle. They like to run a deep post and and an over route going across the middle of the field. Those guys can alternate who wants to run that route, just depending on how they're feeling, because they're both so interchangeable. And if you use them, like you say, the right way, then they could be really effective. But it is a bit interesting just to see how Tannehill is going to use those guys' skill sets, because he's not that type of quarterback. That, that has an explosive passing game. But I think Julio's in a play-action game for the Titans. Now, the biggest con um, as a Colts fan looking at the Julio Jones trade, I mean, I've been pretty open that I'm not as high on the cornerback room as most um, for Colts fans. I, I'm not a big fan. Our of, cornerback room? Out of Titans. Yeah, the Colts. The Colts cornerback okay. room. Um, I'm lower on Xavier Rhodes than most. I just, I just do not see a way he doesn't regress this year. Um, And that's just giving him credit for, I think how well he played last year. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't really think there's a world where he's better than last year for sure. And I really think it's going to be hard to even replicate it. Um, I just don't see it. Um, So I just think, I just think he's down. Um, He's just, it's going to happen to me. I just really feel like there's going to be a, even a little bit of regression there. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Moore's a stud. Um, best interior corner, best nicker, nickel defender, best slot corner, whatever you want to call that position. Kenny Moore is the best at it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I'll argue that all day of the week. But then you're going to have to have a guy um, on the outside. And I just am really worried about whichever one of them is going to have to cover. Um, AJ Brown. Who I believe is A.J. Brown. Maybe – Maybe they will uh, move it around oh, and make it Julio Jones. But can you imagine if if Rocky Asin or Marvell Tell has to go up against Julio Jones for an entire game? It's going to be a nightmare. And to your point that you made earlier, if they do decide to work AJ at the slot in a slot, I think it's doing us a favor. Honestly, if they line AJ, if we're able to get Kenny on AJ and then we're able to match Xavier Rhodes up with Julio, that's a big plus for us. So let's hope they're, they're dumb enough to do that. 
Yeah, they're probably not listening to this podcast. They're not, we're not giving inside info or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, hey, whether we like it or whether you like it or not, Julio Jones is a Titan. Uh, we're going to see him twice a year next year if he's completely healthy. Um, now, I do not think this makes the Titans a Super Bowl contending team or a team that I should be afraid of. Um, do I – am I excited to play Julio Jones? No. But if you look at the Titans' top three to five needs last year, nobody was saying their offense wasn't good enough. No, no one's saying that they didn't right. have enough playmakers. Um, they just have so many holes on the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, I don't even think receiver is their biggest hole on offense. They, they have a needed tight end with Jonu Smith gone. Um, they have some holes on the offensive line they need to fill up. The Derrick Henry kind of just makes it look a little better than they are. Absolutely. There, there are issues that this Titans team that were much bigger than going to get a guy like Julio Jones. Um, so I do not think this is like some fill-in, holy crap, this fixes everything. But, hey, if your defense is going to be as bad as I think it's going to be, you might as well strive to score 40 a week. Yeah, I think they had the what, 27th ranked defense last year. It was not good, man. And that secondary, with your number one and two corners, are Janoris Jenkins and Caleb Farley, I believe. If Caleb Farley can play week one. Yeah, that's it, right. And we, li- and, we, and we like Caleb Farley more than most. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we think he has superstar potential when he's healthy, and he would have been a bona fide top ten lock. But if he, he play, and if he but if he plays week one, that is that that's something you didn't expect. Like that, absolutely. So I, I just, I'm not afraid to play Tennessee next year. I'm not like that's just not where I'm at about all this move. Like this move, like I think their offense was good last year. I think it's going to be good again this year. And if trading for Julio Jones makes it to where they throw 25 to 28 times a game instead of 18 to 20, I love this. Yeah, that might play in our favor. But moving on from Julio Jones and a little bit just in general about the AFC South, now that we've been talking about it, I put a tweet out this week where I went ahead and just ranked um, each, which team in the division is the best at every position and the head coach and GM positions, just because I feel like that, those have a lot of impact on the teams as well. Um, and I got a lot of reactions. A lot of you guys were responding with your own. So I feel like it's a big enough topic that we should talk about it today. I think we should go into and figure out who we think is the best at every spot. Um, so I want to start it off with head coach um, for the AFC South. Um, to me, and what I tweeted out, basically, I think it's a tie between Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel. Um, I, I, love, I love Mike Vrabel's style. Um, I, I, I've said multiple times, I'm shocked that the Titans haven't adopted that dog mentality on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel has it. Like Mike Vrabel is that guy who's just about it. And the Titans defense is just always feels like they're playing with so little emotion. And I mean, I know that they're lacking talent on the defensive side of the ball, but it just doesn't look like they have that killer instinct that I feel like Mike Vrabel has. And, and Frank Reich, I mean, there are Colts fans that even – don't give Frank Reich the credit, but I truly think Frank Reich is one of the top five to seven offensive minds in football. I think he's one of the best play callers. What he's been able to do consistently being in that top 10 offense um, stat-wise with immobile quarterbacks the last couple of years is incredible to me. Keeping the playbook not stale, keeping it 
original keeping defenses on their toes with a guy who's going to be in the pocket 24-7 in Phillip Rivers last year, to me, was amazing. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to do with Carson Wentz this year as well. But I have a tie at head coach. Uh, Maybe bias. I'm going to lean. I'm going to lean with Frank Wright only because my only issue with Vrabel is, although it's very smart of him, he had Arthur Smith as his OC. And that was the most impressive thing about his team was his offense. And I know he's a defensive guy, so I want to see if that offense can keep up that level of play without Arthur Smith. I think if they do, it'll be a testament to how good of a head coach that Mike Vrabel is. And, and I just really want to see that first before I give him the knock. I think the Colts have been consistent on offense. And for them to finish uh, with a top 10 offense last year with an aging Phillip Rivers, Frank Wright's going on his third different starting quarterback or fourth different? Fourth different. If you, uh, if, if you count Luck. the quarterback that uh, shall not be named, Andrew Luck. Yeah. Brissett, yeah. So I have to give I have to give Frank Wright the notch there. For, them, for him to put together that type of culture, I think last year was one of his best coaching performances. I know he got a lot of flack from coach fans about some of his play calling and the things he called in situations where he decides to be aggressive because he's more aggressive than the average coach. But – I like it, man. I, I want a coach that's trying to win the game at all times. I never want somebody that's playing not to lose. So I, I'm good with I'm good with Frank Wright, me personally. When, when you start playing with that not to lose mentality, I feel like you've already lost. You've lost the locker room. You've lost respect. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's the biggest thing that I was arguing against Colts fans last year. Like, would you rather lose a game and hang your hat on the on the sign that says I wish I would have been aggressive or I was too aggressive Um, I would much rather go to the end of the day saying I did everything I could to put us in a situation to win that game and I didn't leave any snaps on the field I I would I would hate being able to look back at a game and saying if if I would have just went for it on fourth and one I would I would hate that like I just like the best example to me was watching the Green Bay Packers kick a field goal um, with I think it was under three minutes um, against the Bucks in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game when they were down more than one score. Like, yeah. and just making that decision to go ahead and kick a field goal on fourth and short, like, to me, that's just losing mentality. Like, you're just already setting yourself up for a loss. So, moving on to GM, this one I'm just going to give the Colts flat out. Um, oh, this is not – For yeah. me, I just think Chris Ballard – it, this isn't disrespect to John Robinson. I mean, I like how aggressive he is, but me too. to me, you have to start hitting on some of these aggressive moves um, before I start giving you the respect of Chris Ballard. Like, how many moves has Chris Ballard made that you look back on and say, man, Chris Ballard messed up there? Like, you just don't see many, if any, of those. Like, there have been a few draft misses, but who who hits on the draft every all seven rounds? And John Robinson's drafting, it's not. Especially the top end. Yeah. That's he got a couple bad misses. But hey, I mean, to me, John, this is a big year for John Robinson because his his three biggest moves this year all have injury flags. Um, I don't think Julio's injuries are as big as people make them out to be, but I mean, there are still flags there. Caleb Farley is a big injury flag. I mean, I I think he's super talented, but I mean, that's still there. And then his biggest free agency acquisition this year was Bud Dupree, who's coming off a torn ACL. I forgot about that. So the those are the three biggest moves. I mean, he's putting a lot of hope in there. Um, I mean, even if one of them hits, it, that's going to be huge for the Titans. But if all three are misses because of injury concerns and all three aren't able to play full seasons this year, 
like John Robinson has to take some flack for that. Like, yeah, he's going to take a lot of flack, actually. But that's just me. So I give Chris Ballard. I just feel like he's more proven. I feel like more of his moves, even those risks um, that he has taken have worked out. Um, and to me, I think Chris Ballard is a top two to three GM in football. I agree as well. I agree as well. Next one's quarterback. This one's a little bit tough just because I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say Deshaun Watson's still in the AFC South. Will he be there week one? Who knows? But we, right currently – he is on the Texans roster, and I got to give that respect to him. Dude's a top five quarterback in the NFL when healthy and He's not a- struggling with some off-the-field things going on right now. So I have to give Deshaun Watson that. And then if we were to take Deshaun Watson out of the picture, I would probably still go Ryan Tannehill. I think Carson Wentz is going to have to prove a little bit more before he can overtake that role. Like I said earlier, I think Tannehill's a guy who's just – has optimized the role that he's been given in Tennessee in the offense that they have. I think it's really built to his strengths, which is what you always want to do as an offense. Arthur Smith is gone now. We're going to see a little bit different this year, see how they react and see if it's a little bit different for Tannehill and if he can still have success away from Arthur Smith. But currently, I got to give it to Ryan Tannehill still. I agree. It wasn't much much debate from me. Uh, we're not talking about Pete Carson Wentz. We're talking about the Carson Wentz that we just saw. And I have to go off that. You know, I have to go off with the last product I saw on the field. Although I think he will be a hell of a lot better this year than he was last year. But if we're going off just that, I got Tannehill easily. The next one's running back. We're going the whole room. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going every running back that could produce on the field next year. I'm going to go Titans still just because, I mean, the Titans aren't really going to put many other running backs on the field outside of Derrick Henry. Yeah. And the 75 to 90% of the snaps that running back are going to go to Henry. And I feel like that's, that's what they want to do. Uh, and he's a stud. Uh, he's a guy that's just the, he's the most dominant runner um, as a running back in the league right now. And you have to give them that respect. I love the Colts running back room. I think they're the first or second deepest room um, at running back in the league with the Browns. Um, there's a debate there you can go through, but it's, it'd be hard for me to take another four running backs over the Colts um, because I think Jordan Wilkins doesn't get enough love either. When he gets in, he produces. And I, I, I can't imagine there's another – there's a better no. fourth running back in the NFL. No. But I'm going to go Titans because of Derrick Henry. But this Colts room, man, is dangerous. Derrick Henry is one of those guys the way you, when you're judging off a whole room, like he's that talented. Like you can really give him that. But I'm going to go with the Colts. Uh, we're talking about the whole room, the room as a whole. Do you even know who the Titans' backup running back is? They drafted – one last year. Mm-hmm. I know because I, I, uh, I handcuffed him in a dynasty league, dynasty put, him on, league. put him on my taxi squad for the year. Okay. Um, I can't remember what his name is off the top of my head, though. Okay. Uh, I don't know either. I'm not sure. I know it's a young guy, though. They had um, Deion Lewis for a long time. And he was starting over him. It was Darian Tin yep. Evans. Yeah. They also have Jeremy McNichols that they like a lot that plays a little bit of that pass catching role for them but Darrington Evans is their backup running back but like I said Derrick Henry's getting 90% of those snaps yeah so I'm gonna go with uh just because I think pass protection 
he's uh we have three running backs that's capable of doing it. That was a knock on Naheem Hines. I think he more than proved himself. And then besides, in passing situations, do you really want Naheem's in there protected anyway? He's trying to get that guy out on the route. But Marlon Mack's back. He's a, a thousand yard back. We saw Jonathan Taylor, 1,100 yards as a rookie. Naheem Hines is probably one of our, probably the most explosive player on our offense as a whole, aside from Paris Campbell when he's healthy. So um, I'm going to go with quantity over the quality because Derrick Henry is just an unstoppable force and the most dominant running back we've seen probably since prime Adrian Peterson, maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I, I get the Derrick Henry and I'm never going to argue anybody that says the Titans just because of what he's done. The man had 2000 yards. That's probably more yards than Taylor Hines and Mac. So he's a running back room by itself. <laughs> For sure. Um, the next one I think is an easy one to give to the Titans as well. It's receiver. I mean, Julio Jones, AJ Brown is the one, two. That's ridiculous. Um, I, I will say that the depth there isn't great. If one of those, if one of those guys goes down, I, I don't really trust any of their other uh, receivers to come up and be a guy that can no. play significant snaps. Just, just to say of significance, did you know Chester Rogers signed with the Titans? <laughs> I found out today because I was looking to see what was behind Julio, and I found I literally found that out earlier today, and I was like, "What the hell." Man. Most random thing ever. Chester, hope you're doing well, man. Colts. He, he might have a chance to make that roster. <laughs> I mean, with how, with how little depth they have at the receiver, right. I, wouldn't shock, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they drafted a receiver in Des Fitzpatrick, so I guess we don't really know much about him yet. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so we'll see how that works out. But, I mean, if they're keeping five or six, I mean, Chester Rogers has, has, has had success in the NFL. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I mean, with – with Andrew Luck, but uh, we'll, we'll see if he's able to do much about that. But I think that one's easy. Um, receiver is going to go to the Titans. Yeah, I agree. Tight end. Um, I'm going to give it to the Colts because – and Colts fans are probably shocked hearing this um, because Jack Doyle, Moali Cox, Ooh. Kylan Granson doesn't really sound like the sexiest tight end room. But let me just read you the tight end rooms in the air. <laughs> South. We have Anthony Ferksker. Um, yeah, that's the Titans. That's Titans starter. Who, I mean, that's was not awful last year in that backup right. role, but I mean, did not have a big enough role to go to town on. I mean, then we have Jeff Schwamm, <laughs> Jared Pink, Pinky, Woo! and Tommy Hudson. So um, I, I think I can uh, give the Colts the tight end over the Titans right away. Yeah. Um, tight ends for the Jaguars. Tim Tebow. Um, the GOAT. Tim Tebow, um, the listed starter right now, Chris Manhurts, oh, James no. O'Shaughnessy, and Luke Farrell. What? <laughs> I mean, the Texans tight ends right now, our boy Rashad Brevin Jordan, um, uh, Jordan Akins, Kale Waring, Farrell Brown. I mean, Farrell Brown. The tight end position is probably the worst position in the AFC South. Yeah, yeah. I Without think a a doubt. Aikens was the starter last year, I believe, for Tennessee. I mean, for the Texans. Ugh. Goodness gracious. So, I'm going to go Colts. Just, you, got, you have to. I mean, yeah, like, Doyle and Moali Cox are the best two of the eight. If you, if you took the best two of each team, Jack Doyle yeah. and Moali Cox would be one and two. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Moelle Cox can start for any team in the AFC South. Tomorrow? Without, without knowing the playbook? <laughs> that's hilarious. He can start right away. Like, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, the Colts have to take tight end. And that's another e- easy one for me. I mean, offensive line, we're going to go Colts. Um, top three offensive line in football. Um, when Eric Fisher gets there, there's probably an argument to be made that they're the consensus number one when he's healthy. Um, it's just guys that have all been together. And then there's holes on every other offensive line across the league. I mean, I like some of the Titans guys. I like Lewin. I like Saffold. Yeah. But yeah. Ben Jones, Saffold. Nate Davis. I, I'm a big Dylan Raddins guy. I hope he wins that job at right tackle. I don't. I mean <laughs> – because, you know, of course, I think he's unathletic. <laughs> yeah, his, wherever his sister is, if, he, if she still listens to the <laughs> podcast, uh, she, she knows that Rashad's a Dylan Radden's hater. But, uh, <laughs> but there's holes on every single offensive line across this. So even with a backup playing left tackle for the first couple of weeks of the season, I think the Colts take this easy. Yeah, uh, it's a no-brainer. Like you said, once, once Eric Fisher comes back, the Colts will have a top, I'll say two to be generous, but I, I really think they that's their strongest position group as a whole. Um, maybe aside from running back. Uh, I don't know. I might I might even edge that over running back because the the Braden Smith not giving up a sack at all last season. Quentin Nelson giving up three sacks his in his whole career is just outstanding. Ryan Kelly is a top five, top seven center. Like, it's just too much talent on that offensive line. That might be the best position group on this team. And then, when Eric, and then when Eric Fisher's healthy, that's another Pro Bowl. That's another that's Pro another Bowler Pro being Bowl. added. If Glowinski's your worst starter, a, a guy who's solid, then, you know, you, you mean, know you're pretty sick. We've, we, we've had some moments where we've talked about Glowinski and ill willish at times, but mm-hmm. Glowinski would start on all three of these other teams and not be their worst starter. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and Klewinski just suffers from one of those things that, you know, if you're the worst player on a dream team, you, uh, uh, you know, one of those type of lineups, it's just one of those things. Like, he's an above average starter, but it's just the fact that he's the worst on the offensive line. It's just where well, they have individual dominance. So, and, and you got to have you got to nitpick here and there. Like if one of them's going to lose a snap every now and then, it's usually Glowinski. Yeah, um, so absolutely. I mean, it's just absolutely. How, but um, like that was an easy one for us to discuss as well. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, this one's harder than I thought. Um, I for edge rushers, I gave it um, to the Titans on Twitter. I, I I wasn't really thinking about some of these guys the Jaguars have. I think I'm still going to go Titans, but I mean. Josh Allen and Kalevion chase on for the, for the Jaguars. I really like that one too. I like Roy Robertson Harris um, rushing from the little bit of the interior as well that they added this year. Um, Ex Colt Jihad Ward over there in mm-hmm. Jacksonville now. Um, he kind of reminds me of an Alquinim Muhammad guy a little yeah. bit. Um, I think I he was, a little, I think he was a little bit better than him at times actually. Um, I'm still going to go Titans just because I think Bud Dupree, if healthy, is the best of those guys. And then Danico Autry, I think, is going to be able to add some there. And then Harold Landry, who's going to rush off the outside as a linebacker, is a pretty solid rusher like, as well. I like Harold Landry. 
But Jacksonville's a close second for me at edge right now. I mean, the Colts are still young there. They're going to have to improve before they get in that consideration for me. But I like I like that young duo of Josh Allen and Kalevion Chason. How did Chason perform his rookie year? Um, I know he struggled with some injuries, but let me pull up. That was interesting for me because, you know, it's an LSU guy, me being from New Orleans. Uh, I, I see them pretty often, so I saw a lot of Chason in college, but I didn't get a chance to really watch. Well, let's be honest here. Who watched Jacksonville other than, you know, the couple of times we played? So I didn't get a chance to see how he performed. Look, I mean, this says he played in all 16 games. and his, Really? His stats aren't the greatest. I swore he was hurt last year. Maybe he just got hurt in-game and left. But, I mean, he only ended up um, having 12 tackles in one sack. But a lot of young edge rushers struggle early. Um, it's one I, I agree. It usually does take two to three seasons, which is the other reason that is big of – like we're, we're big pay guys. Like mm-hmm. we wanted him. But very few pass rushers come in and impact right away. It's just such a hard position to learn how to beat um, NFL offensive linemen, first of all, um, and then and especially just being able to learn a little bit more pass rush moves. You're not really asked to have pass rush moves in college. Your athleticism wins you a lot of reps. Um, even in the SEC, where Chase on came from, I mean, you're not asked um, to use your head as much of a rusher no. as you are your athletics. In the NFL, you got to be smart as a rusher. You really do. You have to have an above-average football IQ if you're going to have long-term success. Yeah, that's why I wanted to tell people that uh, that saw a select pay in the first round to kind of temper their expectations. They're putting eight and ten sacks on and this guy as a rookie, and I'm like, you know, he, he didn't produce like that in college. Although he was wasn't used the way we're going to use him, and he was asked to do a little bit different he was, role. He was forced to bulldoze in the interior a lot in college. Run stunts and slam into the guard. And they also wanted him to kind of read and react before he decide on, you know, whether he wanted to rush in. It, that just wasn't the best way to use a guy like Pay. I think he's going to be used a lot better with uh, in Eberflus's defense, but – Jesus, the, the expectations they're putting on this guy, you know. We just want a consistent pre- – I don't even care about the sacks per se. As long as he's consistently getting pressure and beating his guy in one-on-one situations, which he's going to see a lot of thanks to DeForest Buckner, I think um, I think it'll be a, considered a success for me if he's able to consistently pressure the quarterback. Quarterback hits are going to be a bigger deal to me than sacks this year for sure. Um, it's a stat that I think is not looked at enough anyway, but – um, just looking at his total pressures, his his total QB hits, that's the thing that's really going to tell me how his rookie year went. But like I said, I'm going to go Titans for edge rusher with the Jags as a close second. I agree. I agree with Titans. I like Jeffrey Simmons, too. I don't think people talk about him enough. I know we're going to get to him next. With yeah, he, our, uh, wait, we, can go ahead, we can go ahead and go there. Interior D lineman. I'm going to give the Colts just because I think Buckner is the second best um, interior rusher, interior defensive lineman in the NFL behind Aaron Donald. I just think mm-hmm. he's that explosive, that dynamic. Um, and then I think Grover Stewart is one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA as a one tech. I mean, he's, he does so many things. Um, my, my biggest pet peeve, and Michael's not here to defend it, is when Uh-oh. people call him a nose tackle. I hate it. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's just not – there's just so much more to what Grover Stewart does than most mm-hmm. nose, nose tackles do. And if you just watch him on tape, you'll see it. I mean, he impacts the pass game in ways that nose tackles are never asked to do. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't just he's not a space eater you know that's really what a nose is you know they just want them to just clog up space force the running back to a specific uh force the running back to a specific gap where you have somebody filling who and, is the, and the play. who is the one tech that played for the titan or the texans all those years um in, in the interior big old dude played for the patriots too afterwards Vince Wilfork? Vince Wilfork. I knew his last name. Yeah. Like, space filler. Like, I mean, yeah. his size Absolutely. was his biggest strength. And, I mean, and he impacted the run game. And Vince Wilfork had a lot of good years. but He did. Absolutely. But, but that is what I think of when I think of nose tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Grover that's, Stewart, the, that's probably the ideal. Grover Stewart is not a nose tackle, but that's just me. Um, but, hey, you just mentioned him. Um, I love Jeffrey Simmons. He's a big, bright spot on a pretty black hole defense that <laughs> the Titans have, in my opinion. Um, he's a stud. Um, I love watching him play, and I just hate seeing the logo on the helmet. Uh, but looking at depth and how many guys that the Colts have there, the Colts get that for me. But Jeffrey Simmons is good enough that I probably give them – the close second for there. I do. I got them. I got them second off the simple Jeffrey Simmons alone. It's, he's that good. Like he's, he's a great young talent. Next up we have linebackers. Um, there's talent in the AFC South at linebackers. Um, so, I mean, Zach Cunningham for the Texans is a guy that is solid. I don't think he's as good as his numbers show um, his tackles. Mm-hmm. He gets like I, a lot of them just seem like stats that lie to me when I watch him play. But he's solid. Like, he's, he's not a guy that I would ever say is garbage or anything like that. Um, then we have the Jaguars. I like Miles Jack a lot. Um, I like Miles Jack, too. So, he, he's a guy that I think is really talented at linebacker. And they also have Joe Sher- Schobert that came over from the Browns oh, a couple of years okay. ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like his game, too. Um, Tennessee, I like Jalen Brown a lot. Um, he got hurt last year. I was glad they ended, uh, I was happy he was able to still get a job back um, when he was a free agent this past year. Rayshon Evans is all right. I really thought he was going to be better coming out of college, really. Um, but, I mean, he's just one of those guys that Alabama's produced that had a lot more hype than his talent in the NFL has shown. Um, and in the Colts, I mean, Darius Leonard to me is a top three to five uh, middle linebacker in football. Some people think he's the best. Some people upset. I was about to and say. Some people have him upset. as the best. And I, I really think the top five can almost go in any order. Um, Bobby Wagner, Fred Warner, Darius Leonard, Eric Kendricks, Levante David, Devin White. Like, that's Devin six White. guys right there. I and think, the uh, Edmonds, Tremaine. Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I, I just think those guys are all studs. I mean, when you're, when you're in that elite company, does it really matter where you fall on the list um, of top guys? But for me, Bobby Okariki and Darius Leonard, like they're going to get that here. Um, they're going to get the best linebacker crew for me for sure. I'm going to agree with that. Like Darius Leonard is such – he's uh, – with all the talent, like Miles Jack and, and those guys, Joe Sherbo, uh Darius Leonard is just so much better than those guys. Like it's – I love those guys. I think they're all talented, but he's the gap between him and the, the next guy in the division is a pretty sizable one. And I think Bobby Okariki can take that next step now that he's taking full-time snaps at the Mike position. We all know he was kind of held back due to Anthony Walker being such a solid guy at the Mike for so long, you know, with well-deserved. He was a great leader for our team. Sad to see him go to Cleveland. But I think Bobby Okariki takes that next step. What he's able to do in coverage – 
is better than a lot of linebackers. And, and that's our second guy, you know. Uh, I know we don't have the Sam quite figured out yet, but I'm, I'm going to take those two guys head and shoulders above the rest of the division. Next up is safeties. Um, this one's a little bit tougher than I think some people actually think. Um, I'm going to give it to the Colts still. Kari Willis, Julian Blackman, I think, are guys that are just the best duo of this division for sure. Tennessee's 100% going to be last when it comes to safeties oh, for me. Um, that's terrible. First of all, I mean, Kevin Byard was a guy who two, three years ago people were trying to argue was the best safety in football, um, especially Titans fans. In the last couple of seasons, he, he couldn't cover me, and I'm fat. <laughs> like, like, people got to, like, get off the Kevin Byard. And I loved Imani Hooker coming out of college, but – Man, running back to make him look silly all the time. Like in like space. Yeah, and his his strength was supposed to be he was a hard hitter and hit, that he was supposed to be able to be very intelligent when it came to tackling lanes. And he's been awful. When it, when it, when, it, when running backs have caught him in space, he he ends up becoming a meme every single time. <laughs> yeah, I like his game. I like his coverage ability, but I just don't see him as a, a guy that's going to show up in the run game. Uh, I'm going to go with Kahari and Julian Blackman. Blackman, what he showed in the beginning of the season especially, I mean, he kind of tailed off to the, to the end of the season. But by that point, he hadn't already performed at a level where he flashed. We can say that. He flashed. And it flashed for multiple weeks. It wasn't just like a one-time thing. He put together a really solid rookie season coming off of an injury. So now that he's going to have his first full offseason to really get better – I mean, he spent majority of last offseason just rehabbing and not really a chance to really get in there and mix it up with the guys, which he's going to get a chance to do. And I think Kahari is the most, probably one of the most underrated players on this team. He's and been nothing maybe in the solid. league. Maybe I one get, of the most underrated players in the league. He doesn't get talked about. There, I bet you maybe some of the AFC South fan bases are, they know enough about Kari Willis, but. I bet the average fan of every other fan, every other division in football, if they heard Corey Willis's name, they wouldn't know who it is. And that's a trap. Right. He does so much. Like, like as a at the strong safety position, man. Like his instincts, his leadership back there, and he's done it since day one. Yeah. Like yeah, getting drafted. Um, I believe it was the fourth round. Yep. Um, and just being able to produce right away. I mean, does not get talked about enough now. The best safety in the division, and another guy who's very underrated, Justin Reed. Reed. I love I love Justin Reed's game. I knew it. And I mean, the safety room in in Houston isn't bad. I mean, Justin Reed and Eric Murray um, both starting there. I mean, I I, I like I that. About Eric Murray. Lonnie Johnson Jr. Um, in that is one of those third guys coming out. Terrence Brooks is a veteran. I like. I like yeah, the Lonnie. safety room. I really do. Lonnie's I, I, solid. I mean, this Texans team is going to struggle this year. Oh, yeah. But they have some spots that have some talented pieces. I mean, there's some talented guys on this defense that I hope with how bad this team is going to be, they allow some of these young guys to get the work. And I really hope Justin Reed can put a whole full season together because he's one of those special kind of talents in safety. I love watching Justin Reed play. I really do. Yeah, I think he's going to have – eventually, if not this year, maybe next year, he's going to have one of those breakout seasons like Jesse Bates had. You remember when people wasn't talking about him, but he was just really good. He's been good for so long. Jesse Bates is cold, Rashad. Bruh, I love his game, bro. I love his game. And nobody seems to be talking about him. 
Other than and Bengals like, fans, I follow a few on Twitter, so I get to see Bates a little bit on my timeline. Mm-hmm. But, again, the common fan does not look at – like when they think of the best safeties in the NFL, like their heads just go to the big names. Like there are people that think Jamal Adams is still the best safety in football. Yeah, that's that's absolutely insane, man. Or people I remember- think Tyron Matthew is the best safety in football. I'm like, I just – man, Buda Baker – I like Minka too, man. Buda Baker, Minka, Justin Simmons, Jesse Bates. Knows a guy we haven't got a chance to see yet, man, because he just so many injuries. It's just Derwin James. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. I have a good friend. I don't know if he's listening or not, who's a Chargers fan. Derwin James is cold. There's a lot of good young safeties in there. They are. We could we could talk about the safeties in the NFL for another hour, but Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer could be the best duel in the league. Yeah, let's just let's just be glad they're not in the AFC South. Right. And moving on to corner, I made a mistake when I did that on my on Twitter. I gave the Colts the cornerback room. Jacksonville gets it easy. Oh yeah. my! Like, yeah. I, I guess I just my head as a guy who was so big on Shaquille Griffin all off season, how did I just space that he was Jacksonville? When I, well, I just I knew he was in Jacksonville too. But when I was making that list on Twitter, didn't even cross my mind. I love C.J. Henderson as a as a rookie game. last year. He's going to keep getting better with his instincts and being able to be that ball hawking type. And then Shaquille Griffin's a guy who I think can come in and play as cornerback one right away. Sidney Jones came over last year and showed he can play on the outside when he's healthy. I like their corners, man. <laughs> C.J. Like showed up week one against the Colts and made a couple big plays against T.Y. One of Phil Rivers' dumbest throws I've ever seen, though. Uh, I don't know round. what he saw. I don't know what he saw. Hey, first, I, it was first like week jitters. Game. It was first week jitters. Philip, if you're listening, keep coaching your high school, man. Killing it. Yep. What was yes, that sir. Throw? What was that throw? Um, no, no. But, yeah, the Jaguars take the corners easy. Um, yeah. I gave it to the Colts on Twitter. I'm not even thinking. Too many question marks for me at corner on the outside for me to give it to them over Jacksonville. Tennessee's going to be last here again. Um, I don't know if Caleb Farr is going to play week one. I hope to God Elijah Molden plays in the slot day. Oh, my God. I will. Oh, my. I don't know if oh. there's a thing that's on my wish list more. I don't know. Oh I my. If you followed any of my draft takes, I think Elijah Molden, if he plays in the slot, is garbage. I don't use that word much. I, I'll call people below average. That's true. I'll, call, I'll, I'll, I'll say players aren't up to the expectations. I don't call many guys garbage. No, you don't. Elijah so. Molden. Plays in the slot, day one for the Titans. Whoever's playing the Y for for, for Frank Reich that week is getting Yeah, because it can be any one, of, any one of the top four. He's getting cooked by any one of those guys. I don't care who it is. They will have to find out in camp he has to play safety. There is no way that he goes Think into so? camp. He has to. There's no way that they can line him up in camp. I mean – they don't have a lot of gadget guys on this roster for receiver, I guess, so maybe he won't mm-hmm. get exposed as much in camp. But That's what I'm saying. There was not a corner that was worse at, at worse at the line of scrimmage on tape that I watched this past year than Elijah Mould. I think he'd be a decent safety. I think he could. I think if you move him to safety, he has that skill set. He's a little undersized. But we're, yeah. seeing, we're seeing some guys um, – battle off that. Um, I can't think of how long Molden's arms are at, the, at this moment to be able to see if he could move over there I'm and play sure right away, player. but please play Elijah Molden at the slot. That's all I got to say. They're um, not going to do it. They're not that dumb. Or Artie. And then 
third and last thing we're going to go for this, something I didn't even include on my thing, and I apologize for the brand, Pat McAfee, special teams. you got to include special teams. Um, I'm going to go. Hmm, I didn't think about the special teams. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to go Colts still. Um, I think the special teams unit, um, I mean, when people think of special teams, they're just thinking kicker, punter, returners. Um, first of all, I mean, if Naeem Hines gets to go back to returning or Isaiah Rogers, I just think that's just two guys that are just dynamic at it. Um, and we're going to be very special there. But also just the special teams units, the kickoff team, the punting team, the kick like field goal yeah. units. I just think the Colts are just so disciplined there. You don't really see many uh, hiccups there as a unit. And then you add in the fact that Rigoberto Sanchez has really been – yeah, has been a stud punter. Um, obviously went through a little bit of that cancer situation last year, but that's all yeah. been taken care of, God bless. And, I mean, Hot Rod's going to have to earn the kicking job. But, I mean, he was very accurate when he was asked to do his stuff last year. The Colts special teams, man, I mean, the, there was just not a time where we could blame them for a loss. No, they was one of the strengths of this football team. I mean, uh, I know Hot Rod, like you say, he had his struggles during the season. Missed a couple of uh, kicks in the playoff game. But as a whole, man, you had to be pleased with what you saw on special teams. We was the first uh, team in the NFL to run a kickoff back. And for a long time, was the only NFL team to run a kickoff back. So that department, Naheem Hines being so explosive at, at punt returner, Every time he touches the ball, you have to worry. Like you say, Rigo's one of the best in the game. We got a great long snapper. So, you know. Didn't even God's... mention it. My bad, Luke Rhodes. My it's bad. All, it's all good. It's all good. I got us, man. That's what we do. So, I think I think the Colts get the nod here as special teams. Uh, it's no, no real weakness throughout this whole special teams unit. And then – Moving on to our last topic, and this topic is going to be our one-call technology topic of the day. One-call technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has 100-plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications, business phone system installation and services, managed telecom service providers, telecom carrier management, and high-speed internet. Head on over to OneCall's website at www.onecalltech.com. Or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the Blue Stable guys sent you. Last topic of the day, training camp is coming up. Hopefully, Rashad's going to join me up in the Hoosier State. Yes. We're going to take on training camp together for the Blue yes. Stable. But there's going to be some fun training camp battles. Um, there's some starting spots that are available um, that people are going to battle for. I mean – there are definitely some spots that are going to produce pretty impactful spots for the Colts this year. What's, what's the one that you're the most excited to watch? I can't move off of this position, man. CB3, or if you want to call it CB2, it just depends on, you know, Out, where the, do you rank it? The outside corner out, um, opposite of Xavier Rhodes. Exactly. I, I can't move off of it, man. It's a four-man competition, so that make it the deepest – uh, probably competition for a particular spot, unless you're counting the, the defensive end spot opposite of Quiddy Pay. I'm going to say cornerback, we have a four-man competition between TJ Carey, Rockison, Marvell Tell, and Isaiah Rogers. Who would you like to see win that competition? So, I mean, personally, 
it's a four-man battle because everyone's going to have a shot at it. I really think it's a two-man race. I think it's going to be Rock or Marvel Tell. I really do. I just feel like the size, the skill set, like the, the other two, I, like, I think Kerry outperformed my expectations on the outside last year, but that's mm-hmm. not his strength. Like you want him to be an interior kind of guy. Yeah. Um, same for Isaiah Rogers. I mean, I would love for Isaiah Rogers to get more work as a true corner this next year um, than he got his rookie year. Um, but I think it's going to come down to Marvell Tell and Rocky Asin. And honestly, I don't care who wins the battle. I just want the best guy out there. Um, whoever it is that in camp is looking like they're going to be the most dynamic guy to go out there and be cornerback too. I mean, if you, if you want to know my actual preference, I, I want the Colts to sign Steven Nelson tomorrow. Hey, I agree with that. Nelson Allen, bring it to Indy. I feel a lot more confident about matching up with Julio Jones if we had Steven Nelson, I'll tell you that. Chris Bauer's not a guy that usually makes uh, those no. reactive moves, um, mm-hmm. signing a guy because another team made a move. But I wanted Steven Nelson before, so I don't give a crap. I was about um, to say, do you think that that's necessarily a reactive move? That's how, he, that's how it would be perceived, um, mm-hmm. especially by Titans fans. They would, they would eat that crap for dinner. Um, saying that they were, we were scared of Julio, so we went out and got Steven Nelson. But, hey, I've been on the sign Steven Nelson train since the man was cut from Pittsburgh. I think that was my first tweet. The day he got cut by Pittsburgh, it was first Steven Nelson Indy tweet, and I probably had dozens of those by now. Um, yeah. I want Steven Nelson here, but if he's not here, Rocky has sent Marvel Tell for the job for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Rocky is probably going to win that job. Although I can see Kerry, man, he, he ran some – with the ones I'm at OTAs, I don't know if that's just to try to, you know, maybe light a fire in the Rockets in because this is a pivotal year for him. He's going into year three. This is uh, a season where you got to start kind of showing what you truly are, what you're truly going to be, and consistency, man. That's, that's really what it is for Rock. That's Rock's problem, consistency. We see him flash. He flashes often, but he's just not doing it on a game-to-game basis, so. The, thing, the thing about Rock that still has just left me optimistic the entire time is our coaching staff isn't one that has been afraid to say when someone's not doing their job. Like, they, they've not been afraid to talk about it when asked questions. I mean, it was clearly said to us that Ben Banigou was not practicing well last year. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't something that was a secret. Um, yeah. It was not a secret that Quincy Wilson was a guy that the locker room – didn't want there anymore. Right, it wasn't right. a secret. It was obvious. But the front office has not wavered once. The coaching staff has not wavered once on Rocky Ascent. They've said that he needs to be better, but they have not once made a comment that made me feel like Rocky Ascent is not a guy they believe is going to be that spot. I, I, I just really feel like he's the guy that they expect to do. That's the guy they want to have it, um, which is the reason I just feel like it's going to end up being him. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do you have as, as your one spot that's open for training camp? I'm really excited to see who gets the Sam linebacker spot. Um, they, they, they opted not to draft one. I was shocked. Um, Chris Ballard loves to draft him some linebackers, um, and he hits on almost all of them, so I understand. But they decided that they liked the unit they had. There's some athletic guys to come in and play that Sam that I'm interested to see what happens. Um, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, Matthew Adams, Jordan Glasgow, I could see getting a little bit of a chance in camp. They signed Malik Jefferson off the streets to kind of have a little shot there. Personally, 
I'm really excited to watch Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed in camp. I think those two athletic profile-wise are the ones that I would expect to get mm-hmm. the first nod there. Um, I, I think a lot of people want to see it be EJ Speed um, just because he's younger. Um, but Zaire Franklin's a guy that they the locker room loves. I mean, he's been a captain for a reason. He's a dude that produces on special teams, and they're always going to give those kind of guys chances to get active spots off special teams when they work that hard off the off the actual defensive side. I like EJ Speed's game. Um, I like the potential he has, but what I'm going to say is I don't think the Sam rule is best for him. Like I, I think he's a he's more of a Mike kind of guy, and I think that he would be great in a reserve role behind Bobby Ogariki. But as a Sam, you know, you kind of want a thumper as your Sam guy. You want a guy that's real physical at the point of attack. You want him to be pretty athletic so he's able to move. But you want him to be really, really physical. And I don't think that's EJ Speed's game right now at the linebacker position. I think he's a great special teams player. We saw him block block a kick, right? Block a punt. Um, I think he – With his face. (laughs) He did. He ate it in the face mask. You're absolutely right. I forgot that he blocked it with his face. But, yeah, as you can see, you can see his explosiveness and his athleticism. But I think a lot of people forget how athletic Zaire Franklin tested when he was getting drafted. His RAS was higher than EJ Speed's. I mean, like, he's a – athletically, he's a guy that people just don't realize how athletic Mm -hmm. he is. Um, Now, the thing to think about uh, with – EJ Speed being a better fit at Mike. I mean, we've said it multiple times. Darius Leonard has not shown that he can play a full season. He hasn't. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest knock that I would have on not having him as my number one interior linebacker in the league is it just kind of feels like for Darius Leonard to be the best Darius Leonard, he needs to play 14 to 15 games Yeah. Um, instead of that full 17 this year. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's able to put a full season together and I look like an idiot. Um, but <laughs> – if that happens, I mean, Bobby's going to have to move a little bit. I mean, they're, they're, they kind of use him everywhere anyway. Um, yeah. They're going to have to. Um, so, I mean, maybe Bobby will have to play some Will this year. We don't know. Um, maybe he'll have to play if Darius Leonard has to take him snaps off. And then, hey, EJ Speed can go up and play that Mike role if he needs to. There's going to be a lot of movement at linebacker this year. Anthony mm-hmm. Walker, I know a lot of Colts fans hated him because he wasn't great in coverage, but <laughs> it was it was underrated his ability to play all three spots. Yeah. He, he was able to play Will when needed. He was able to play Mike. He was able to play Sam. Um, he was not great in coverage at time, but where I will say that he was really great at, in my opinion, was – understanding tackling lanes um was he the greatest at allowing guys to catch the ball i mean no he 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 struggled in coverage but once they had the ball there was not very many times where i saw him take an angle that irritated me darius litter has even ex- expertized that like he, he darius litter struggles at times to make the smartest tackling lane decision and because that will whiff here and there it's not an issue but anthony walker was a guy that i just really never saw make that mistake yeah it just doesn't happen with Anthony Walker because mentally he, he was great. And even on the, the, the pass play, he struggled in pass coverage, but it, it wasn't mental breakdowns. He knew where he was supposed to be. He just physically, that's just, he wasn't capable of stopping it because his, his athleticism was limited to a degree. I mean, it's a reason he was drafted as late as he was. And it's a reason he went to, 
you know, Northwestern. You know, it, it's not like he was a, a guy that was bleeding with athleticism. And there's a reason that they drafted Bobby Okariki as high as they did because they felt like there was a need to improve there. I mean, when Chris Bauer tells a lot when he drafts, man, him being willing to take edges in the top two spots it tells you that they didn't have full confidence in the young guys that were here at edge. Absolutely. People got mad about it, but if you don't have confidence in those guys, you, you find a way to improve it. That's just how you're going to have to do it. They took Bobby Okariki pretty high. Um, it, I believe it was in the second round. Yeah. They drafted Bobby Okariki in the second round out of Stanford, future hall of famer as Pat McAfee called him. And Okariki. Okariki. He was a great – he's a great player, though. Great young player. Uh, we saw him get injured last year. He, he played with, with the club on his hand. Even made a couple plays with that club on his hand. I remember getting the interception. That's, that's, that's the thing about Bobby Okariki that I like a lot. Dude is tough as nails. He is. Dude, dude's dude's going to be out there, rain or snow, injured thumb, injured jaw. Like, he's just that kind of guy. Like, he's going to get be out there. And that, that's the thing that I think – is underrated about Bobby Okariki that if he has to move around, he can. I think they're going to like that EJ Speed's going to get to move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited to see this linebacking crew. I really am. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of athleticism on the field at once. Yeah, you're rotating Darius Leonard, Bobby Okariki, Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed in as the top four. That is that is athleticism. ridiculous. Um, and you, and that's, that's the thing where Anthony Walker moving on, I mean, it just adds more speed to the defense that they like to do. It doesn't have – it takes away the experience. It ta- I think it takes away a lot of the intelligence mm-hmm. off the defensive side of the ball, especially in the middle of Darius Leonard's not playing yeah. um, if he's injured or anything like that. But, man, they're going to be fast, and they like to be yeah. fast. Iberflus, I mean, they like him or love – like him, hate him, love him. Dude likes to run at the ball. Wherever it is, he wants every every one of the players there. And I'm excited to see what that Sam spot ends up being to see what three linebackers are getting those top three snaps. Yeah, I'm excited too, man. It should be a good, fun battle. But, hey, this is another episode of the Blue Stable Podcast. My name is Destin Adams. Joined with me today was Rashad McGinnis, co-host extraordinaire. You've been listening to the Blue Stable Podcast, the official Colts podcast of fans cited. Make sure that you're checking this out, subscribing, following the Blue Stable everywhere you can. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel if you want to see our faces um, when we're talking about this podcast. Um, it's a whole different experience, man. You're seeing, you're seeing our ugly mugs talk football and it makes you understand why uh, we're podcast people and not uh, TV personalities. Yep. And if you want to check out the media availability that we was in, uh, that is up on our YouTube. Feel free to go check it in, uh, check it out. Talk to uh, Marcus Brady. We talked to Matt Eberflus. Uh, Dustin had some great questions. I thought my questions was okay. So y'all go check that out, man. Make sure y'all tune in and, and thank y'all again for listening, man. And as always, go Colts, and we're getting closer and closer to week one, everybody. Keep fighting the good fight. Football is on its way back. Bluestable.com for all your Colts needs. Yes, sir. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.